0: I'm Luka Dončić and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, this no. is going to be huge! 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I will bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that, jerk with the
1: tonight.
0: And welcome! You are locked on at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engsted, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Scouting those prospects. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm not going down this scout. Scout with Isaac. Are you Are you a real scout? Are
1: you a real uh, scout, Isaac? Okay, okay. I want I, to try to do something serious at the beginning instead of scout... Instead of Scout Punk. but uh, you
0: want that smoke, Isaac? <laughs> I do want that smoke.
1: Uh, on a serious note, happy Memorial Day. It,
0: oh, today no. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to go down this road. <laughs> well, I was going to try to do something serious at the beginning instead of Bryant. Okay. But, uh, All right. So, to- so the beginning, we were joking, is an inside joke about from NBA Twitter. Uh, if you're on NBA Twitter, which I know a lot of you are, then you'll understand the inside joke. If you're not, then that was a joke. Okay, now Isaac is going to do a serious thing. <laughs> Um, but
1: yeah, today, uh, today in, in the United States is Memorial day and, uh, it's a day that we all honor, uh, people that have served our country and have given their life for our country. So, uh, thank you so much to all the family members, uh, out there that have had family members that have, uh, given the ultimate sacrifice for yeah. our country. And, uh, I, military means a lot to me, my whole family, my dad, uncles, everything. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about, we've you know, the military and stuff on the spot before Nick and I both. So, uh, just thank you to all the
0: families out there that have, uh, lost, lost someone. Yeah. And you can't talk about it enough. I mean, we, we bring it up, but we're just going to keep bringing it up because it is a sacrifice. And man, like, like, okay. So I, I went to watch John wick, right? So I see John wick three and you know how like over a hundred people die in that movie. Yes. I, I found myself in the middle of that thinking, and he, it's a, it's a fake movie, but you think like, man, I wonder if like each and every person that dies has, like a family connected to them or some kind of like support group or like people behind them. And like people that, that care about them when they die. And you're just like, man, all these just, just lives and souls just gone, gone, gone. And, and John Wick, you get kind of, I mean, you get desensitized to it, but for like for our military, the people go out there and they literally risk their lives. It's not just, you're not going against John wick, <laughs> you know, you're going against, yeah. o- going against other things and it's, it's crazy. And, uh, I just, we really appreciate it. Just so, I mean, those people go out there and do that to protect our country so that we can sit here and do this podcast and get paid for it. I mean, that's just, yeah. And for people that
1: people have reached out, um, over the past couple of years that uh, are, are, serve, are serving our country right now are active. And, uh, y'all are big Mavs fans, whether you're from Dallas or wherever, and uh, you listen to this podcast at your base or, or wherever you're at around the world. And, uh, we just appreciate you. We thank you for your service and everything. So
0: how soft do they think we are?
1: <laughs> All right, turn serious mode off. John Wick. Uh, yeah. You went. You went and saw John Wick, and that I thoroughly enjoyed John Wick. The, yeah. the the deaths. My wife asked me how was the movie, and I was like, good. I think more people died in this movie than
0: I've seen in a long time. Like more that people died in this movie. That first one where he's running through the like the nightclub type thing though, with the pool in it. Yes. That. See, I mean, a ton of people died in that scene, but still because there's a difference between deaths
1: in john wick and deaths in like uh world war z or something like that to where like oh. i'm talking about deaths that you see each individually not like massive like
0: 2012 or you know, like, like, like in game of mo- thrones when she like
1: yes the dragon all this no yeah.
0: when she like blows up the set like oh yeah, yeah 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 not that that's like hundreds of people dying all at once and you don't really so, see it besides the fire stuff
1: so I, we actually, uh, when I went and saw this movie with a couple uh, guys, we were joking afterwards and I joked with my wife and said, Hey, I think like 200 people died in this movie. Like just straight yeah. up, like individually dead. And so, somebody obviously there's a story out there because that's just where where we're at in the world today that people count deaths in movies. Well, we've been doing
0: that since the first movie. I mean, well, the
1: first first movie has like 90 something, it's like 92 deaths. The second John Wick is like, I think it was like 114. It was in the teens, I think. This third one, 167.
0: Good Lord.
1: (laughs) I was like, all right, not 200, but still a lot. But,
0: uh, But you get the, yeah. I mean, this is part of the trailer, but you get the Halle Berry scenes too, where they're like, I mean, they're oh, double Berry. teaming it. And then you get the, the end scene where there's John Wick and another guy killing people. So that, I mean, you're double teaming it there. And so there's, yes,
1: just... I had the biggest crush on Halle Berry growing up. I just loved Halle Berry. Interesting. I mean, she still what looks... would you have seen her in James Bond? Yes. James Bond, Pierce Bronson. Oh yes. What's his name? Is it Bronson? Bronson? <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it again. It's Brunson? Pier- it's Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. What did I say? What did I say? Bronson? <laughs> it
0: sounded like it said Piern Bronson. <laughs> Pjn <Pierne> Bronson.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Anyway, she still looks very pretty, but uh oh, And well. the dogs. The dogs are the if you Oh go, the favorite if, part. If you love dogs, go see the movie.
1: Yes, yes. My my favorite part of the whole movie. If but, you yeah, love crazy.
0: dogs, knives, and guns. <laughs> Go see the movie. Oh, man. I wonder if scout with Brian watch this movie. Stop. <laughs> All right, on to the podcast today. Let's talk about the finals. We're going to talk about the finals. The uh, The Bucks and Raptors finished their series, and now the Raptors are headed to the, the NBA Finals, the first time in their franchise history. And uh, Mavs fans can can kind of relate to what they're feeling right now because it's 2006, and you can um, you can remember what you felt. If you're old enough to remember, you know, first going to the finals. I mean, that was the first time in franchise history, and now the Raptors are doing it. So let's talk about that. We'll also talk about the NBA finals a little bit. And then let's do a free agent profile of D'Angelo Russell. He's a restricted free agent. There's some interesting things to talk about. By the way, did you see on the TNT broadcast they're showing you know the future of the Bucks and they they had Brockton as an unrestricted free agent?
1: I wish. I mean, that's
0: like one of the one of the most known things. <laughs> I yes. feel like Maybe it's just very known to us because we've been looking at it for months and months. But yes, I just I want him so bad on the Mavericks. He was so good. All right, let's let's, let's jump right into it. So, okay, Milwaukee. I don't see a ton of people saying Milwaukee sucks. You know, Milwaukee did, did terrible things. Blah blah blah. Like they didn't they didn't deserve to be there. You know, stupid stuff like that. It feels like it's a lot of respect for Giannis, a lot of respect for the team. They just they ran into a team that was just. It seemed like they were, they're well put together and figured out how to to cover Milwaukee's strengths. I mean, they just kind of put that wall in front of Giannis and they stopped him from from driving to the paint, and then Giannis didn't really make them pay. And there wasn't really a guy on their bench that made them pay too much. Middleton was kind of shying away from big moments, and I did a video. I did it too early on Free Dawkins, but I broke down the pieces that Milwaukee has and how they could possibly beat the Maverick or beat the beat the Warriors um, in the finals if they ended up there. This is when they're up 2 0. And the one thing I said at the end is the one thing that they really don't have that you really need in the finals or just in any big games is you need a guy that can hit buckets. You need a guy that can just give you a bucket, hit those buckets that that um, that matter that are that, that are tough buckets, <laughs> the ones that Kawhi was hitting in Game Six, yeah. really. I mean, the ones that Kawhi was hitting in Game, you know, three through six, <laughs> pretty much. You need a guy like that. And they just don't have that. Middleton could potentially be that guy, but he shied away from the moment. Giannis was you know, trying to do his thing. and they I mean, they ran into the buzzsaw that it's Fred Van Vliet. I mean, when Fred Van Vliet <laughs> is hitting 15 threes in three games. It's kind of – that's tough.
1: Yeah, man, this – I hate this for the Bucs because I don't you know. want Giannis to get too much criticism uh, because it was his first time there. and 24. He's 24. I do think- I think, you know, I think it was Stein that tweeted out and said, you know, is this, is this, this is Giannis's, hey, you get beat in heartbreaking fashion. But, you know, from here on out, he's just going to kill it because everybody needs that moment where you get, you know, you get beat like that. And uh, I think you really did see it over these last few games for Giannis of I have never been here before. And you saw a, a Raptors team that devised this defensive game plan around just focusing on him. And more than ever, uh, his lack of jump shot, um, or lack of being able to create a jump shot was more evident than ever, you know, than ever before. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't think, uh, but he still had an incredible series. I mean, he averaged 22, 13, five, you know, two, two and a half blocks a game. I mean, it's insane. That 22 is just not
0: enough. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not it's not enough.
1: enough yes for sure it's it's not enough at all and uh i I think nick nurse deserves more credit than uh, more credit than what he's getting right now Uh, the different just i don't know different changes he made the the building the wall putting Kawhi on Giannis. um i know a lot of people said you know we'll probably be like oh well that's not that big of a decision you put your best defender on i mean i was about to say that That that's pretty easy Uh, decision to make (laughs) but but the offense relies so much on Kawhi, then you are asking a lot. I mean, I know he's the superstar and he's, you know, arguably the best player in the league with, with KD right now, but you are asking a ton of him to say, hey, I need you to go guard freaking Giannis, the M V P of the league, and score thirty something points a game. And uh but yeah, I mean it what the Bucks do from here I mean, they just lost four games and we got, you know, I got a couple tweets of saying, does this change anything of yeah, what they, they do? That's a, that's and a really
0: good question. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break when we come back. Does this change anything for the bucks? Is losing in the Eastern conference finals is only winning two games, in the Eastern conference finals with the big decisions they have to make. Does that change anything for the bucks? And could that help the Mavericks? Let's take a quick break and talk about that next. All right, Isaac. So the bucks go down, they go down in six games, which is kind of surprising. I mean, Everyone, Bucks and Six is kind of their thing, right?
1: <laughs> get- I mean, the Bucks after they won the first two games, talking about NBA overreactions. I mean, people were already writing their, I mean, their Warriors Bucks preview pieces, and they just rolled in Guilty. those first two games. Guilty, right here.
0: I thought. I yeah, mean, they well, looked so
1: good. Yeah, but I mean, you make videos. I mean, every every day it feels <laughs> like so. If, like you, it wasn't like you're like guaranteeing. That I was they projecting. Would win I was
0: series. saying, hey, if this happens, then this is something that you know
1: but yeah I mean and losing four now so does it change their offseason plans I don't think it does because Mm -hmm. yeah I mean Middleton and Brogdon
0: wasn't the problem (laughs) I mean you look at if anything Brogdon was really really good in the Eastern Conference Finals and that's the guy you want to hold on to you could argue that Brogdon
1: was more important than Middleton in this series and I don't know I about mean, more yeah.
0: important, but he, Middleton was more important in that if he played better, they would have won. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and, yeah, in yeah, that true. way, but I think Brogdon was better.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, Chris Middleton only averaged 13 points for the series. I mean, you got to have 20-plus from Middleton in this yeah. series. And, that's that's an all-star. Uh, but, like, you know, yeah, and Middleton, you know, but but here's the thing. Middleton shot 37%
0: from three, Brogdon 38% from three. Um, and some of the shots over- Middleton was making, man. I mean, yeah, insane. He was throwing up some stuff, and it was going in. That, that's wild that he shot that well when the stuff that he was throwing up was sometimes it was garbage, but it went in.
1: I know everybody's t- taking their crap on Eric Bledsoe right now, so it's yeah. my turn to do that. But <laughs> I was going to say you
0: just did that before the podcast, so I hope you um, do, I thought you were going to do a full heel turn and just encourage. No, him and, you
1: know. I mean that that's that's your spot. I mean that. That extension that they gave to Bledsoe at the time, you're like, you know what? Could he get that on the market? Could he got more on the market? Uh, but he, he took that extension. Some people thought it was a steal at the time, and then now you're like, dang. I mean, seventeen percent from three in the
0: series. And this is and this is two years in a row now, because of the remember the the Drew Bledsoe stuff last year with Terry Rozier? Yes.
1: Yes. Remember
0: that series and then now this series? I mean, he he's been he was better in the first two series, but the, the whole Bucks team was better in the first two series. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the type
1: of thing. You know, he shot twenty nine percent in the series. He just got first team all defense. We kind of talked about that. I think Brogdon's a better defender than him anyway. But oh well, I think it was just more of a Bucks's best defense. We needed a guy in there. I mean, they put, uh,
0: they put uh, Brogdon on Kawhi.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brogdon's in Kawhi. I thought it was weird that. Um, uh, I thought Ilyasovic gave them good minutes, but the fact that they gave up literally like four second rounders for Miritich and Ilyasova's playing Oof. over Miritich, Uh now does Miritich
0: walk? Yeah, he's gone. You know, I mean, all they, yeah. they can't pay him. They can't pay him, Lopez, and George Hill. I was reading Bobby Marks' piece on what the Bucks do now, and he's like, they have to make a decision. The real decision for them is not Middleton or Bledsoe. The de- decision is between Brook Lopez, and George Hill. Oh, yeah, Middleton and, and, and Brogdon because Bledsoe's already on. It's George Hill, Brooke Lopez, and Nikola Mirotic. I mean, George Hill was really good for them too. I mean, he was like a common well, force for them that came in and was a guard that they could play and could trust. And
1: George Hill's gone because he's his non-guarantees at eighteen million. But can if they, they like that, cut him, can
0: they turn that down and si- re-sign him to a different deal?
1: They might if they cut him. They only guarantee him like one year. I mean, one million or something. Or but I guess they could. But yeah, I mean, got a big slap pin- in
0: the face, though. <laughs> Do <laughs> you is. want to come back to a team that does that? <laughs>
1: Um but but here's the thing, like I get the whole like hey, you're gonna bring back the same deck of cards, you know, do you reshuffle? Do you try to get something else? Whatever. The only way you're gonna be able to really reshuffle this roster around Giannis is is after you re-sign Middleton and Brogdon and then you look at 6 months down the road, trade deadline whatever, and then you're looking at bigger deals like Middleton or Brogdon trading them at some point. You can't just let them walk. I mean, that's it's just there's just no way possible you're going to replace that value. No. Especially after Bledsoe sucked as much as he did. <laughs> they're they re signing Brogdon and Middleton. And that that's just they just have to. And I don't
0: think they have to shuffle the deck. I mean, this is a this is a team and this is a new Eastern Conference that doesn't have a LeBron. And Col- Giannis is supposed to eventually be the LeBron that everybody has to go through yeah. to, to win the East. So, he's going to get better. He's 24. Brogdon is what, 25, 26. He's 26, still young. Yeah. Middleton is going to turn 28 soon. Um you even look at like, I mean, a guy like Pat Connaughton gave him really, really good minutes. And that's, that's a yeah. guy that's going to continue to develop and, and keep going forward. Sterling Brown, another young guy that's going to keep moving. DJ Wilson, a guy that maybe they can, can, uh, fill in Miritich's to a spot. Guy that some, a lot of bucks, Twitter were, were calling for hilariously. Um, it'd it be g- so nice if they could
1: just swap Bledsoe for, for somebody. If they could try to pull that off somehow, if they could try to pull off a Drogic for Bledsoe type thing or, you know, something to where you're going to get yeah. actual production out of that. to we where you got a of Mike
0: Conley. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, I mean, if they could get Mike Conley, absolutely. Uh,
0: how, that, that's the type how they of thing. Pull that off, but.
1: Yeah, that's the type of thing they got to start swinging for. The Tony Snell contract's weird, but yeah, I'm not super, super worried yeah, about it. Tony time.
0: Snell making $11.3 next year and then a $12 million player option that he will pick up for sure.
1: <laughs> yes. I will say this the Bud criticism for Giannis' is minutes. Uh, Giannis very clearly. Made a point that that was you know Bud's decision in his you know post game press conference and here's my thing I didn't I didn't have a problem with it at the very beginning yes going into him like he should play the whole game I didn't have a problem when they're up by like 14 in the first that's quarter the yeah and they gave Giannis a little bit of breather I'm like okay fine that's cool it's the fourth quarter when it's like tight game fourth quarter your season on the line and he doesn't start the fourth that's where you're like bro you can't do that like that's
0: yeah, I'm I saw. That. I saw Channing Frye. Somebody asked him, like, "What do they do with Giannis' minutes?" And, and Channing Frye was like, "Oh, they absolutely play him from here on out." And it was the start of the fourth quarter, like was about to happen. And I tweeted back at him, and I was like, "He didn't even start the fourth quarter," and he just responded with something like. Like, uh, yeah, you, you stick, you have to stick with your best guys, you know, for the rest of the game now at this point. And you're like, yeah, you should. It's just so weird yeah. that he, that they didn't. I mean, that, that was the weirdest thing. The, the middle of the game, like you can understand, like nobody's saying, I don't think any, I didn't see anyone saying you need to play him 48 minutes. That was not a thing. It was you you probably should have played him more than 44 those beginning, the beginning minutes in the, in the fourth quarter. That's when you really, really needed him.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, um, am on NBA.com, it says he played forty minutes, but
0: yeah, I guess yeah, he played forty, and so you'd want him to play about forty four.
1: Yeah, that's my. It's like striking out, looking like you got to strike out swinging. You know, like yeah. you gotta, you gotta go for it, put and, everything out there. I will say, I did find it funny that Giannis walked out on Malik Andrews. you know question in the post game press conference i get that you got to report and do your thing but there's a time and place you got to hold off on something like that and that
0: piece wasn't wasn't as bad as the as what everyone thought it was though
1: peace or not you can't tweet something that like that out when the buzzer sounds and about a player like that and try to source it and say somebody close to him and you instantly you take this away from the team away from him and his like teammates of that this is about free agency in two years and not them losing together as a team, like that.
0: that I I'm not on board with that. I think I'm more on board with with. I don't. I don't like the way that it was said. But
1: the buzzer at the buzzer, though, you tweet that out, like you post that story. That at yeah, least wait till Im- the next immediately, day.
0: Immediately, Bucks fans and people like us, we just went and talked about what's what's the Bucks' future. That's what everyone's talking about. And so her whole piece was about Bucks' future. There's that one piece. There was that one part in it that said. You know, source close to Giannis said that if they continue this and, and win next year, it'll put him on the fast track to, like, to keep him in two years. Like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if they have a good team. I mean, it's not really groundbreaking stuff. It, it was just the way that it was put out that made it seem like they're on thin ice. You know, oh, okay, if, well, if, if you, they don't if, get back to the Eastern Conference Finals next year, they're not going to be able to keep him. You know, that's what it made it seem, but it it wasn't that.
1: Okay, if you want the clicks and you want the story, and you want people to read it for sure. That's what but you if write. you want if you want to keep your reputation with the team and players, then that's where it screws up. You got to make a choice. We've talked about this before, but there was something that happened a couple years ago in a way team locker room that I could have wrote a story on, yeah. I could have reported on it, but I chose not to because it it would have burnt a few bridges because it wasn't technically on the yeah it was all this not, different stuff not and,
0: Mikhail or Miles like different kind like figured. <laughs> uh, no it, no 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 uh
1: yeah it was a bigger thing with no play bridges. And I asked a few opinions on it, like, hey, man, that's up to you if you want to attach your name to that and all that stuff. I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't worth it. And when Giannis got up and walked out for her question, then talking about a burnt bridge, was it worth it for her for a story that, like you just said, really wasn't you know much at all? And now, good luck for her getting actual quotes from him from now on.
0: I mean, it's a good story, but the part that everyone's upset about, there wasn't too much of that in the story. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I do want to. Uh,
1: I know we really didn't talk about uh, Raptors. I don't want to. Oh okay, yeah, because we really... put the
0: Bucks to bed. Like like they're done. <laughs> now we can move on and talk about the Raptors. I mean we'll talk about them the rest of the week. Kawhi. If this doesn't prove
1: that when you have the ability to go get a superstar or a star, that you go get them, and. I don't want to say that this is not the same round because Porzingis isn't on that same level as Kawhi and stuff, but that's why when you are the Mavericks and you have a shot to go get somebody like Porzingis and it costs you first round picks and all this stuff, a guy that is injured that, you know, is coming off an ACL thing, a guy that's going to be hitting restricted free agency, um, all of that different stuff. When you have the opportunity to go to get somebody, a top 15, top 20 player in the league, you go get them no matter what. Yeah. And it's, you see it with Kawhi Leonard. You see it with Oklahoma City getting Paul George and, you know, whatever their playoff success. He at least signed there long term. Like, if you, gotta, if you got the chance, you got to pull the trigger. You got to go get that guy.
0: The windows in the NBA now are, they're not... They don't really open and close. They appear, right? Like they just yeah. like pop up. Like, oh my gosh. All of a sudden, you know, the Mavericks have, like the Mavericks did have Dennis Smith Jr., Harrison Barnes, and like, you know, nothing. Like a draft pick. And now all of a sudden, yeah. you know, a year later, they have they have Luca and Porzingis, and they, they, their window just popped up. Luka Doncic, they draft him, and all of a sudden their window just boom, out of nowhere. Now they have this window, and they have to figure out what to do. To navigate this window with Luka so they go and trade for Porzingis. And that could prove to be a massive, huge, great deal, and we all hope and expect that it will be a massive, great, huge deal. But the Mavericks are are trying to take advantage of their window right now, and they have a pretty long window since both those guys are still young. But a team like you know Toronto, they have this they have this window, and they had you know a pretty good team, like a solid team, was going to win fifty games every year. It's kind of like what Portland was doing in in the West. They have this window and have these two guys and they're running through these two guys and they keep running into roadblocks and, and tough times in the playoffs and they just can't get over the hump. Now all of a sudden this window appears of Kawhi. <laughs> you can acquire yep. Kawhi Leonard. Boom. Get that guy and do this. Even if he leaves, I mean, they go to the finals. This is a net positive for them. I'm, Absolutely. I'm net so, positive. I'm, all the Raptors fans. I mean, you read the starters guys tweets. I mean, they are over the moon. Like mean, they are not sleeping. They're watching that game again because of how over the moon they are about it. And it's just all worth it.
1: It's so weird having a finals team that is not established as somebody that can be like a, like a staple, you know,
0: like a warriors, this, and Spurs or like the, or yeah. and then the Cavs and you know, the heat. Like
1: when was like the last time we had a finals team? Uh, I know. I mean, I guess it's the Cavs before LeBron left, but like a finals but even team
0: that they had gone in two thousand. 2005. No, no. What was the 2000? What was the year that he went with with the Cavs and the Spurs? 2014. No, Cavs, and, Cavs and Spurs. That was the or no, no, Cavs and Spurs. Oh, okay. I was like the eight, very yeah. first time they got swept. Oh gosh. Yeah, what year was wild, that? Yeah. 2008, maybe. Maybe it was like very early in LeBron's career, but they had been before. You know that like that first year, maybe with the Cavs, but the last yeah. team.
1: Or well, like a like a finals team that got there that there is a legitimate question mark whether they could be in the bottom five of the league or back in the finals next year. That's the type of thing That's of because there is a really world a really real possibility that they go in the finals, they win a couple games or crazy, they pull something off in the final stuff, and then literally like a month later, Kawhi leaves. Mark Gasol declines his player option, and they're shopping Kyle Lowry because they're not going to keep. You know, they might not keep a, a veteran point guard when they're going to be a lottery team. Like that, it is insane.
0: They're they'll they'll keep him. You hear all the Lowry chants in that in that arena. In I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it for him, Mark Gasol. I love everything about it. But, it was it was oh seven, by the way, it was the year after the Mavs. So the cat that Cavs okay, team okay. was probably the last time we had, because that, since then we've had Warriors. Heat that but but before. even that Cavs
1: team had LeBron that that he was gonna be there like you knew LeBron was coming back you don't you don't have a guarantee oh, of anybody's gonna you'll be back
0: here. oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah you don't know what what the heck's gonna happen but real quick a Mavs like perspective of this when you're looking at the Raptors they've turned Kawhi into this like point Kawhi. Surrounding Kawhi with these three point shooters, guys like Mark Gasol being able to hit a three is huge for them. Guys like, you know, Kyle Lowry shooting 46% from three is huge. But we were texting about Fred Van Vliet. I mean, that's our Jalen Brunson. Yeah. That That's who we want. I mean, if that can be our Jalen Brunson role, a guy that can step in and, and play those big minutes like that. Um, Get hot. Yeah. And I know Siakam, Siakam only shot 25% from three of the series, but he can at least hit that shot. Like he's shown that he can hit the shot. They don't really have anybody that's like completely. Danny Green just played, you know, shot Man, horribly that whole so series. <laughs> uh, but just having all of these guys that none of them are guys that you're just gonna leave wide open. Like Bledsoe is getting the Ben Simmons treatment, and like none of these guys, you just like Maritage say, hey, couldn't
0: go. hit anything, and that was tough.
1: Yeah. So anyway. I'm sure we'll talk about the finals again before it starts yeah.
0: on Thursday. And then but. Giannis, too. I mean, Giannis was getting that treatment, which he, he kind of always does, and that's kind of built into who he is as a player. And he has, you know, counters to overcome that. But it just it makes me remember and think about, like, this is why we're so excited about Luca. Yeah. Oh,
1: for sure. We've talked about it before, but just our, that our young star can create his
0: shots and can't wait for his playoff runs. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. and When we come back, let's profile D'Angelo Russell. All right, Isaac, D'Angelo Russell. He is a restricted free agent with the Brooklyn Nets. He's a six five lefty, twenty three years old, and uh he's coming off in his first all star season this year. He's an interesting player. He's he's like he's a point guard, but to me he he feels like a shooting guard, right? He just kind of one of those guys that is after his buckets. He can get people involved a little bit, but he has a little Harden-ish feel to me.
1: Yeah, he does have a hardenish feel. Um that report that came out a few days ago that there uh, some people in Brooklyn think that him and Kyrie could fit. I could see it a little bit just because I think D'Angelo
0: could play
1: off the ball some. Yeah,
0: they're, they're not uh, stopping anybody though. That's a turnstile on, oh, on the perimeter. Oh, first,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just trying to outscore everybody at that point. Yeah, um, but, but you yeah, got Jared we,
0: Allen back there, so I mean, they could they could Sean at- Atkinson hmm. configure Kenny Atkinson. Why did I say Sean Atkinson? Is that a who's Sean Atkinson? I don't know. I can't. Think. Kenny Atkinson could could design some kind of defense that just funnels everything in towards Jared Allen, but
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want well, I still think Kyrie's a Nick, but if we look at strengths I'm and stuff, if we look at strengths uh, and stuff for, for Russell, you know, he is six, five. He's a little bit bigger than what some people might think. He's you bigger. might think he's like six, two, six, one, you know, just like a little scoring guard. He is six, five. He has that, you know, especially this past year is his first all-star appearance. He has that, Unique shot creation, it, it's kind of weird. I, I really, he's one of the more fun people to watch in the league for me. I love watching him create his shot. Uh, it, you do get a little, um, uh, hardened-ish feel to it because he is lefty. Uh, but his ability to create his shots, especially off the dribble, too. Um, his, his shot off the dribble, you know, we bring out synergy numbers and stuff, but he's in the 81st percentile of shots off the dribble, uh, with a very good rating. But he, he had something weird. His catch and shoot stats was kind of was kind of opposite and it kind of it kind of weirded me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. On unguarded catch and shoot shots, he was average. He was in the 31st percentile of unguarded catch and shoot. But in guarded on, on catch and shoot shots in which he was guarded and somebody contested his shot, uh, he was in the 89th percentile with an excellent rating according to Synergy. So, it's wild. he can get buckets in people's faces.
0: It's what we're start. I think this is beginning the start of this AAU generation, right? Of, of yeah. guys that can can hit shots like this and are not necessarily good just like by themselves in a different role, like a catch and shoot type role. When did he ever catch and shoot in his life? <laughs> I mean, I guess when he yeah. played with Ben Simmons in high school, maybe, but I didn't get to watch any of those games.
1: No, that's true. I mean, I mean, in in today's game, the one thing that you want your primary shot creator to be able to do is run the pick and roll and uh, literally 49.9% 50% of his possessions this past year, which is a crazy amount, was in the pick and roll. 920 possessions in the pick and roll. Yeah. And and when you have I mean that's a huge huge sample size uh and he was in the 67th percentile, which is very
0: good uh at 0.89 points per possession. So um Yeah, the, the him and him and Jared Allen was like one of the most run plays in the NBA this year. Him and Jared Allen running the pick and roll.
1: Yeah, so he can I mean, he can run the pick and roll He's a, he he's an excellent shooter. Uh, he has great size at 6'5". He can sh- shoot off the dribble. He, he is a guy that I know we've, we've profiled Brogdon and Middleton before and one of those weaknesses is saying, hey, you don't throw it to those guys and say, just go create your shot, which they can in different scenarios, but you wouldn't really run plays for them just to, just to ISO it out. D'Angelo Russell is a guy that you could put Luka Doncic on, on the wing and say, Russell, go ISO this out, run a pick and roll, go create something, if not, kick it out. He is He is a secondary playmaker type of guy.
0: Yeah. And I said he has a Harden type feel. It is it's not that he plays exactly like Harden. I mean, he never gets the free throw line. <laughs> He's it was averaged yeah. 2.6 for his career. And it's pretty much th- that his whole. I mean, last year, 2.5 in his All Star year, 2.5 free throw attempts <laughs> per game. That's just. I, mean, I, I do want to. Yes, that Dennis is got a, more a, than that.
1: <laughs> that. That's a weakness I do want to bring up. But my last uh, positive thing we're talking about Harden. Last year, only two players. Average 21 points, seven assists, and shot 36% from three. James Harden and DeAngelo Russell. Yeah. So, he can get buckets. He can shoot at a pretty good clip from three. And, you know, he dished out, you know, plenty of assists. Now, we get into weaknesses. Um, Defense is an obvious weakness for him. Yeah, let's talk about some weaknesses.
0: Defense, getting to the free throw line. Um, I mean, defensively, he he's always been bad. I mean, <laughs> ever since I, I've watched him with the Lakers and then they were for scouting him and He's 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 big. I mean, he's six five. You'd think that he'd be able to to stay in front of some guys, but it's, some of it is just effort and interest. And it's kind of a it's kind of a Kyrie thing to me, and that's why it'd be yeah. it's so weird putting those two guys together. Like when when they really try, they can defend guys. But it's not like Kemba, where even if he tries his damnedest, like he's he's not gonna be able to guard certain guys. Like these guys can guard guys, but
1: yeah. Cause they got the size and everything yeah. going back to your free throw thing. This kind of plays into the free throw thing when you're six, five and you can create like that talking about an opposite between him and James Harden and what he's got to get from Harden. But <laughs> D'Angelo Russell around the basket. Sheesh. I mean, really bad. 239 possessions. On non-post ups around the basket, he's in the 22nd percentile, below average, uh, according to Synergy. On that, uh, just wasn't very good at finishing around the basket. So, uh, which he should, because I mean, he does have the size and he can get his shot. He just doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have the Westbrook athleticism to where he's just going to go in and cock it back and dunk on somebody or get so high and elevate so high to just finish, you know, over everybody. He doesn't have the Dennis Smith Jr. athleticism, but even Dennis like couldn't, you know, finish around the basket get it you know that well either so uh, he definitely has to improve in that area
0: yeah and he, he's only 22 i mean what does he turn he's probably turned 23 already in february but he just turned 23 so he he doesn't have a diverse game yet i feel like he has a couple of things that he's really really good at like you said the pick and roll shooting from three the, the shooting off the dribble with you know with the guy in his face he, he has those things the free throws the defense the Diversifying of his game, he just hasn't really got there yet. Maybe a, like a, a post up here or there, but
1: he wasn't good in transition either. Transition numbers doesn't uh, help his case either. But either way, you mentioned his age being twenty two years old. Uh, here's a couple people that uh, oh dang, never mind. No, keep going. I wrote a different name down.
0: Oh,
1: <sighs> but guys that are he's good. Guys that are twenty two. I have a different. No, list. he's twenty three. No,
0: super- he just turned twenty three. Oh.
1: Or twenty three. I'm bummed now. I have some. I have some other guys' name. Oh, okay. No, I think this is right. Miles Turner's twenty two, right?
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's the same age as him. Yeah, yeah. These names are right. I have twenty seven written down, but I think these names are right. Um, people the same age as him: Aaron Gordon, Sabonis, Kevon Looney. Hey,
0: Aaron Gordon one is wild.
1: Miles Turner, Trey Lyles. The thing about D'Angelo Russell is wild because it, it feels like so much crap came out about him in, in Los Angeles. To where it felt it felt like there was like the magic thing, the cell phone thing, like just all that stuff. So, to where it felt like he was in LA longer than what he was, to where now it's like he's still freaking twenty two years old. Like D'Angelo Russell being twenty two is is wild to me. But players that are older than Russell Derek White, Jordan Bell, uh Jokic Giannis. Derek White's older than D'Angelo Russell. It felt like Derek White was just, I don't know, a rookie last year? or like I mean, he was one of those guys that came into uh,
0: the league later. But actually, how old's Jalen Brunson compared to him? Jalen Brunson's 22, so he's, they're probably close to the same age.
1: That's wild. Yeah, yeah they're both born at
0: 96. So.
1: Okay, so yeah, him and Jalen Brunson are the same age. However, you want to feel about that.
0: Okay, so you, Russell was born in February of '96, and Brunson was born in August of '96. So, a couple months.
1: Okay, yeah. So Russell's, you know, a few months older than Brunson, but still, I mean, that, that just shows you how young D'Angelo Russell is, and I mean, he was an All Star last year. So, yeah. If for some, if you want to move into the percentage of happening, you know, I think the only way Brooklyn lets him go is if you have a couple of guys, let's say Kyrie Irving uh and then somebody let's else team up say, with a Jimmy
0: Butler's type.
1: Yeah, and uh, even then, I mean, man, if you have to choose between Russell and Jimmy Butler, I think I'd go with Russell, right? I mean.
0: But no, no if, if it's a, it's a package deal. That that's the thing. You okay, okay, feel like okay, okay, we're coming but we're coming together, you know, we're trying we're trying to do that. Which I don't think they have the cap space to do that, but
1: Uh well, they could if if they they would have to renounce D'Angelo Russell, and then they would have to there's there's easy ways that they could uh, get off of like Ale- I mean, they got like two or three first round picks this year. I think two for sure. Um,
0: which yeah, is they're wild. Really- which is wild that they have a couple first round picks. They didn't have a first round pick forever.
1: Yeah. I mean they they're really really close to a max spot right now. It's just creating that second one would they would have to do a few few little things, but that's why the people have talking about oh they could create that space to bring in Kyrie and then re sign DeAngelo Russell and all that stuff. Um I put the percentage of happening at 15%. I still think it's low because I just really think he's back in Brooklyn. I don't think like yeah, not coming like to the It's Bro- just
0: leaving and going anywhere else.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Brooklyn – now, obviously, if Brooklyn makes noise with some bigger names, then – and if D'Angelo Russell really does hit the market, it's going to get wild at that point because, I mean, however you want to feel about him, like – I mean, I don't even want to hold that Nick Young chemistry thing against him. That was Uh, was dumb. I was just – yeah, I was just a really big fan of him this past year, and I think once you get him – I really leaned into the whole notion of, hey, it's L.A., yeah, you know, he was super young and like all that stuff. And I feel like just watching from afar, he really, you know, grew up over the past year or so in Brooklyn and But if he hit the open market, I think there would be plenty of teams calling trying to uh oh, yeah. trying to pry him away with big time money Utah, Indiana, Indiana. Utah. Yes. Uh and then it would just kind of be up to him at that point. A twenty two year old all star. Heck, the Clippers? Uh, possibly.
0: Russell and S G A as your backcourt, sign me up. That'd be interesting,
1: yeah. Um, but what people have tweeted at us and said, okay, what do you think about his fit in Dallas? What, why would Dallas do it? Should they go after him if he hit the market if they had the chance? Do you like the fit at all or no? I don't like the
0: fit. I, this is a guy that needs the ball. Why? In his... Why? Okay, why Kimba over him? This is Russell's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. We just we just went over how his catch and shoot numbers aren't good. <laughs> when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he has a Westbrook like. Okay, what do I do now? <laughs> and yeah. I, I feel like we can get to a point where, where Kemba is not that Kemba has had to have the ball in his hands and hadn't had anybody else to to create around him, and uh, I feel like Kemba's also in a state of a, a place in his career where he's ready to give up the reins a little bit to somebody else. And like mm. D'Angelo Russell is getting to that point where hey, I just became an All Star like I am the guy. You know, I am the, I'm the guy that's running the ship. I am the the All Star on this team, whichever team he goes to. And so if he came and played with with Luca. I only that'd be great, and also the defense thing. I mean, yeah, we have the defense stuff with Kemba, but Kemba's at least gonna try.
1: Yeah, I like, I really like the point you made of where they're at in their careers as far as D'Angelo Russell just now hitting hitting the all star scene of saying, This is who I am, this is who I want to grow, grow to be, and which you should the be. Fact, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's nothing against him because. Yeah, and you look at the spot that Kimba's in. If Kimba walks away from that 80 million, uh, you know, he's been an all star. He's all his stuff. You know, he's been in the league eight years. He wants to win. If he walks away from the 80 million, it's purely because he wants to win. He's making
0: a conscious decision to to leave all that money on the table and to go to a different decision. He has to know what he's getting himself into if he's making that big of a choice.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. And that's the. So there's two sides of it too, because I, you know, yeah, if you had to max somebody out, I don't know if you had to choose, because there is an appealing side of D'Angelo Russell of saying he's 22 years old. And at at that point, you're literally going for the core that is super, super young (laughs) and and Luca being 20 and, you know, D'Angelo being 22 and what Porzingis is 23, 22. And I'm run. I'm blanking on it.
0: Maybe, but I, th- I think How? he's younger than. I think Russell's younger than Porzingis.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, Porzingis is Porzingis is 23. Yeah, he's born in '95,
0: so, so he's a year older.
1: So, like, I mean, the fact that you're you know your core right then would be 23 and under, and not only a core, but you're looking at a core that literally Porzingis and Dillon Russell have both been all-stars before Luca. I mean, there's a real shot that he could be an all-star next year. Yeah. Not saying all three that would make it, but you're looking at Especially three guys Durant under
0: leaves and you know,
1: yeah. So like, that's the type of thing. And you look at it and say his max would be less than Kimba. Uh, True. he's younger. He's obviously, I mean, you're looking at, uh, what a seven year difference between him and Kemba yeah. at that point. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like what you're saying before. I, you i think if you had to choose a player to get more buy in to the system and buy in to winning basketball uh, you're probably looking at Kimba. but i'm not totally against it i will say that i'm not i wouldn't i'm not totally against the d'Angelo Russell in Dallas if they had the opportunity if he you know his rights were announced and all that because i think there would be possibility for a, a deadly trio of those three moving forward i'm against it. Because you would still have to get defenders. I mean, what? However, you want to roster build around a Kemba thing in Dallas would be the same thing with D'Angelo. So it's not like you would agree. Yeah. So like you'd still go out and try to get defenders who can shoot the three and all this
0: stuff. But I still don't like the offensive fit with with Russell and Luka. Okay.
1: Swear yeah. I am. It's just
0: where you're at. Uh, But,
1: yeah, bottom line, I don't think there's going to be a big shot. Brooklyn has to – when you got a 22-year-old all-star, you can't really let him walk unless you're getting two uh, A-list free agents. Yeah, and your
0: first all-star since what? Like, Brooke Lopez?
1: (sighs) I guess. Was he an all-star back then?
0: Was he an all-star? That's a good question. He might have been a first
1: all-star since, like, Jason Kidd or Carter or Kenya Martin or something. Kenya. Keith Keith Van Horn? Keith Van Horn.
0: (laughs) Todd McCullough? Um, one-time all-star Brook Lopez, yeah. Okay, okay. One time,
1: about to get paid. Me I'm happy I for him. I don't know if
0: we'll get paid that much, but
1: I mean, I'm not talking like 16 million a year, but definitely more than three.
0: <laughs> definitely more than three. Yeah, he made the All-Star game in 2013, so six years. <laughs> Brook Lopez, yeah, six years since they had an all-star. Dang, Mavericks zero years since they've had an all-star. Let's go.
1: <laughs> that's true, that's true. Hey, uh, I know there's a few tickets left to Dirk's uh softball game. Ooh, yeah. uh, if you have, if you have not bought tickets to go to uh, Dirk's uh, celebrity charity uh, baseball game up in Frisco here in Dallas, uh, go to the website or go to. I know you can go to Dirk Heroes Baseball. There's a, a Twitter account. You can follow the link on there. But uh yeah, it's always a fun thing. It's one of my wife and I's favorite things to go to each year. There's a lot of. um people that play in it a lot of cowboys I know Zeke and Dak are back uh playing in it this year you know a bunch of cowboys bunch of my wife freaked out one year because there was one actor that played in seventh heaven that she used to like (laughs) love as like this teenage girl and uh, I think it was Jeff Schultz or Stoltz or something uh but anyway yeah there's random actors that play in it there are different athletes Michael Young and some Rangers sometimes there's uh, but, yeah, it's all—it's super family-friendly, too, super fun. Dirk usually stays around afterwards and signs everybody's autograph. That's literally not really exaggerating. He stays around for, like, hours. And then there's fireworks and everything. So uh, it's always super fun. So if you can, uh, that is next Friday, June 7th. So there's still tickets available.
0: One of the things that I am most devastated about that I cannot go to this year since I do not live there anymore, that is, that is a thing that I deeply – Deeply will miss when it happens. Uh, last year, I t- I did the whole box score, so if you go on uh Mavs Money Bods, the-, the whole box score for it, and uh, tried my my hand at filling out a whole baseball score <laughs> Base- sheet, which is weird to me. But oh gosh, I wouldn't know. I wish basketball had something like a score sheet though, because I see like Levi Weaver of the Athletic doing Rangers once, and he has, the- he has huge booklets of just every single score sheet that he's filled out from every Rangers game he watched the last, you know five years or so i wish we had something like that for basketball it's just too fast
1: that'd be cool you just had a you could just have a print off and you just mark every single
0: missed shot on the (laughs) i'm also just or we could do shot charts i guess yeah shot charts. but i'm just really glad that the nba games are not three four hours long
1: oh gosh no can you imagine i just love how many how many of the um experienced reporters who complained when a game goes over like two hours yeah. <laughs> plus, that we're two, two and a half. And there's a bunch of grumbling and
0: let me get out of here. That's fine. All right. There you go, exclusive, guys. Exclusive, exclusive. That's D'Angelo, That's D'Angelo Russell. That's what we think about the finals. Uh, you you we'll, got to be there. We'll to talk to more about grumble. the finals coming up this week. And we'll be back with more uh, free agent profiles, as well as we'll do some second round pick you know, draft profiles too. We have a ton of names written down that we'll get to coming up when the draft gets closer in June. So there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.